Welcome. Tea with uh, turmeric and freaking cayenne pepper. Turmeric. Yes. Turmeric. That's that's a very weird name for a spice. Is it even a spice? It is, and uh, the weird thing it's called gurkmeja in Swedish. So, which what makes the heck? even less gurkmeja. Turmeric. Turmeric sounds like tarmac that you have on like uh, roads. Right. Yeah, it's, it, sounds like, it sounds like a tarmac uh, had sex with <laughs> and invented a new disease, turmeric. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> Move, moving on. It's sort of why are we here <clears throat> or how come and, uh, we are I, here and so forth. And so forth. And, and I, I guess we have concluded that whatever it is, it was insanely improbable. Yes. <laughs> and I guess we're going to dive into that a bit. Exactly. <laughs> like every, every step is like sting, right? Every step you take is very improbable. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think, I think you came up with the idea that it, we are the result of a, a number of extremely improbable things that have sort of happened. Yeah. Um, so when did when did you come? Is that something you've been thinking about for a while, or did you come up with that just recently? I've been I've been consuming too many audiobooks from uh, from from everything from uh, astrophysics to uh, evolutionary biology to uh, I don't know fantasy, but. Um, I started sort of putting, the more I, I listened and, and, and read, uh, the more sort of confused I became or awed, awestruck, maybe, maybe is the right word, confused and awestruck on all these things. And I mean, you can't even start putting them all on the same page or putting, putting them all up because there are so many things, but just the ones I read or, 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 or knew about and just putting them together is like it's it's just so freaking improbable that I'm here, and you know, then we can talk about another time what 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 is I, but but let's just leave that aside and assume there is an I. Uh, yeah. That <laughs> there, there there is there is strong evidence that we are. <laughs> well. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> but let's come to that at a later <laughs> stage and yeah. have this sort of scene setting thing. No, it's episode eleven. <laughs> episode eleven. No, it's just so many freak of nature, widely improbable steps and billions of them, and each yes. of those steps. Is, is improbable, like beyond imagination improbable. And then you have uh, billions of those steps and and they all lead up to us sitting here uh, and talking about it. And it just makes me like, uh, how, <laughs> how? But we can, maybe we can come back to, you know, the, the implications on thinking and life and our sort of messed up, uh, you know, Emotional and, and, and life uh, on these things, but yeah, just start with what actually happened. Yeah, I I agree because I I think we are we're going to end up somewhere after this um, 
let's say, brief history of improbable events. And it's going to be interesting to see where that is. But this, this thing kind of started a long time ago. I, I'm not speaking like I ate a long time ago or I haven't washed my car in a few days. I'm talking a long time ago, right? Um, yes. And it seems like the, 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 the propeller heads, when they run time backwards, according to the models, they're taking us almost 14 billion years back. Um, that's that's a long time and that's that's really really long time um it, it's very difficult to i mean i think it's i can sort of i don't know how about about you but i can sort of imagine i can sort of feel what 100 years might be because i've seen grandparents age you know what i mean yeah so, so i can relate i think i can relate to 100 years yes. and and it might be that i can relate to Maybe I can relate to 300 years, maybe because there is music. At least there is there's there, there's poetry and there's there, 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 there's poetry. There is music. There is art. There's stuff here. There are buildings here, so that makes it kind of relatable. But it kind of yeah. it, it ends pretty quickly after that. I mean, you have the pyramids, so that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I agree, and it's. I mean, we. I think for this excursion into improbabilities, we, maybe we should just take sort of the whole, you know, big freeze, big bounce, what came before, and you know, well, and different, and, and just start with something that happened, you know, thirteen point seven, thirteen point eight, fourteen billion years ago, which was a big something, bang. A, a big something uh, comes out apparently of of nothing. Um, and and, and I mean the the improbability of that. I mean we can't even start discussing, right? So let's just assume for this, for the sake that yes, it happened. It was hundred percent probable that it happened. Right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> in, in hindsight, in hindsight, it was. <laughs> in hindsight, all of these are in hindsight. You know, highly uh, probable, very highly probable <laughs> that they happen. But before they happened, they were not very probable. So, exactly. so what happens then? I mean, you're you're more of the sort of big bang and the first sort of nanosecond of universe uh, guy than I am. So, well, I mean, there there, there is a lot of uh, there there's there's very little in the way of evidence from this from this <laughs> from this period in time. Uh, so, so no you know, no architecture. There, there isn't a lot of you know writings or music from this from this time. So, so this is. Uh, you know, an, an idiot trying to sort of, and I've been truly fascinated about this, right? But it, it seems one theory is that after this event, whatever it is, when this something pops out, there is a, an it's just an insanely quick inflation of space-time. Um, and it's so fast so, so that it kind of rips matter or particle or just the, the, whatever you call that dense thing which is there, it rips it apart so so fast and so furiously that there are leftovers, right? Accidentally, it was so fast so that there are some leftovers and uh, which kind of forms this stuff. Um, and, and that's an accident. I mean, I don't know how probable that is. Maybe somebody could actually or has calculated or estimated probability of exact that amount of stuff that we are made of being the leftovers of this insane inflationary event. But that actually happened. And, and then as it continues to expand, the space continues to expand, this stuff starts clumping together. And I guess we're talking about plasma or something like that. Um, it's very hot. It's not like the kind of hot where you burn your fingers baking a cake. It's really hot. 
Um, and it's so dense that you not even light can escape it, right? So it's all, it's just, it's just a hot mess. Um, but this is where billions of years then continue. And this, this, this stuff keeps clumping up into large structures, like huge structures, um, galaxies, and, and the very first stars, which are, um, which are not the kind of stars that you, you and I would be looking at today, as far as I've understood. These first generation stars were like pure, you know, pure pristine helium bodies. Um, with no heavy elements whatsoever, which kind of, I guess, leads us to this this um, crazy place that we have now. So, four and a half billion years ago, um, we we're lucky um, because around a, a star, uh, which probably is a fourth generation star, um, the stuff starts collecting into a rocky planet that you and I call Earth, together with some other fellow planets, um, and and this particular planet happens to be at a fairly, you know, happy distance from that star. Um, a distance which means that it has the right conditions for certain things to happen, uh, like life. Um, <laughs> it's a good starting point. It's a good, it's a good start, but it's on the right distance. It also has the right elements, and which is why, and I think you actually pointed to this. We had a discussion. It is at, at least a third generation star. It probably is yeah. a fourth generation star. Um, and, and that is important because otherwise we wouldn't have things like, you know, iron or oxygen. Yeah, but let, let's just sort of stop there a bit because now we're now we're into the improbability scales here, right? So so some so you have a big bang, huge inflation of space, insanely fast. Um, thick matter exists, and and somewhere between that and what you just said, it's actually has been formed a star or many stars. I mean, of course, many stars, but for our specific discussion, yeah. a, a star, and <laughs> which in a specific point in time explodes. And I don't know, it probably is a big, a big gas. It kind of thing pukes up a nebula of gas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. And then for some reason, and you know, I'm not you know, an astrophysicist, so I, I'm not sure why, but for some reason, it says like, oh, hang on, you know, I'm going to reform. And then, by the way, there's some, you know, different planets around there. And suddenly you have a generation two star. Uh, Think uh, about uh, the time scale. <laughs> yeah, it's stupid. But Think also, the time scale. You know, if the thing had exploded 10 seconds later, if it's such a thing, I mean, or uh, one year later or 10 million yeah. years later, yes. would we be sitting here talking? Probably not. And what if it had exploded in a slightly different way so that it had, you know, gas had been shot away in a slightly different pattern? Would it have yeah. re resembled to a, sim to a similar type star even to begin with, like the second star? But even if it was a similar star, we would not be here. <laughs> it's, Probably. Very, it's, it's very improbable. <laughs> <laughs> it's very improbable. So, so this grand, massive, you know, universe scale not only uh, not only did the universe start or you know reappear um it's also you, know, you create this star and it explodes gas gas cloud and then for some reason start to reform and now you have some heavier materials right in it and then you know a, a significant time period after that it explodes again and then it reforms and you have some you know uh, planets coming up 
from that sort of you know more and more heavier materials all the time. Exactly. And and we're on the third or fourth generation. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know this by the way until recently that we're we're, no, we're I, living I, under the race of a third or fourth generation star. So the thing or its predecessors has you know exploded a couple of times before at least. Yes, and I, mean, I, I, I I didn't realize that. I I think I'd heard that we were a second generation star because we had some heavy. But had no idea that this thing that we're talking about now has repeated itself three or four times. You know, when you you play computer games, sometimes you can increase the speed of the simulation, right? So in space games in particular, you're traveling to a distant, uh, you know, uh, solar system or planetary system, and then you just you know, you hit the simulation times 10 or times 100 or times a million, just so you don't have to sit and wait for the travel. Even if mm. you did that, I mean, can you imagine watching this? So you have the, 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 form, the, the, the incidental formation of a star out of gas that then has to burn out and explode. And then that gas is pulled together by gravity to, 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 to redoing the thing a second time and a third time and a fourth time. I mean, I would have to, you would have to hit a very large number on that simulation accelerator in order to even see this happening. It's the time scale here is it's just maddening. Yeah, and, and as you said, I mean, if if, if just one little thing in that explosion and, or or reformation had gone differently, because I assume there's some kind of you know um, uh, randomness to it. Uh, yes. I, I Again, so. would we would we sit here? No, probably not. I maybe, but I don't know. Probably not, and it would probably be us. Prob maybe something else with green te testicles and, <laughs> and tentacles coming out of the nose, right? Um, um, exactly. You might have green testicles. I don't know. I don't have one of them. Is, um, is one of them is a bit mushy, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know if it's green. It's difficult to, to check. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so then, by pure chance—not pure chance, of course—because the laws of, 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 you know, physics are there. So it's not everything is not pure chance, but there's a significant degree of chance that we have this, you know, relatively round over time. At least it becomes quite round piece of, you know, molten rock flying around at the very appropriate distance from um, from a sun. And right, right, and and then, but it's not perfect. You know, it's, it doesn't really work yet. There's something <laughs> some, more. Has some, something is missing. <laughs> yes, what's missing? Well, the uh, luckily for us, uh, these very early days. Uh, so this is now four and a half billion years ago, right? The the solar system is shaping up, um, and it's a very hostile place to be. Uh, there's like shit flow flowing around. Uh, Earth at this point is, I think it's called a proto-planet or a proto-Earth. And it's basically just a, it's just lava and, and rock. It, it's, it's a horrible place to be, right? It's like, it's like Iceland without the elves. And, and this, this, this cloud, which, this, which is called the Oort cloud, which kind of surrounds the solar system, it just keeps throwing shit at us, right? You know, some of them are planetary sized such as this one piece of, of, of a celestial body that comes hurling through space. Um, and it, I, I actually checked it out just before we started talking today. It's, they call it Theia or the Theia event. And it's a Mars-sized object that collides with us, by the way, in space. Mars-sized? 
it's Mars sized. It's a big mm. thing. It, this is this one is not to be played with. So and it hits us, and and when it hits us, it basically rips off a huge piece of Earth, right? And but this huge piece of your know, debris, if you will, um, gets captured somehow in the gravitational field of of our planet, so that the moon is shaped. And that's the best current theory of why we have a moon, is that a Mars-sized planet hit us four and a half billion years ago. <laughs> and from the debris, we get, the debris gets stuck in our gravitational field and over time then creates our little, uh, you know, a little, you know, kind of brother or sister who's hanging around out there. Um, and that was very lucky. That was very, very lucky. Well, in two ways. One is that the angle of impact was not different because then <laughs> we, yeah, then we would probably not be sitting here talking, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and the true. other one, but, but but think of it. What's it, I mean? It would have been. I and again, I have no clue, but I couldn't just assume that it, it wouldn't needed to have been many degrees difference in angle of impact, and we would have been a non-planet. Uh, right. If I mean, if Mars hurls into into the into another planet, you know, it it could. It's gonna have probably. An, it's gonna have an impact. It's it's, yeah. it's it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad. And so 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 we you know massively improbable. I mean, it's it's very probable at some stage that something you know, smashes into the Earth, right? In particular, uh, in particular, in those days, if we can call it those days, uh, because yeah. there's, there was just stuff flying around. But the size of this thing, and as you said, the 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 exact angle by which it hit us, that's just pure chance. Of course, it is. And a little more angle, and you know, it, we wouldn't have a planet anymore. And a little less angle, I guess, we wouldn't have that kind of moon. And and you exactly. know, it's no a rather <laughs> no podcast. Yeah, exactly. This this is tremendously coherent and and structured. First episode wouldn't have happened, um, because the moon is actually important for us, and, and exactly I, the moon we have now is important. It's super important, um, and I didn't know how important until we started discussing this. Literally, kind of two weeks ago. Um, but I did. I don't think I had heard that the moon actually slows our rotation down and and acts to stabilize the tip so this dance this sort of gravitational dance that we have with the moon slows us down so that the day is 24 hours rather than 6 to 12 hours long whatever i read that they think it might have been so it would have been a very different <laughs> the day would have been very different um and even more importantly it stabilizes this tilt because we have a bit of a tilt right that and and mm -hmm. And that tilt moves back and forth, and we call those seasons, right? Winter and summer. Mm. Um, and without the moon, that tilt apparently had been much less stable. So we would have extreme sort of periods of, of just warm, ah. extreme periods of cold. So we would have been thrown. So it's like Game ice. of Thrones. Winter is coming. Exactly. We exactly we would have been thrown between ice and hell. So, um, so that's actually in Game of Thrones. They don't. We, we don't really see the moon, right? Uh, no, you're right. So that's that's what's happening. Good, we know that then. I so didn't now, know that so, was based on sort of ah, cosmological facts, actually. 
but, but it's really cool. You have actually answered a very important question. What would it have been like if we hadn't collided with Thea? It would have been like Game of Thrones. Exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, statistically, maybe could have been, but yeah. So 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 then this moon, right? Moon thing is up in up there. And, and again, if if we just go back and take not all the you know freaking impossible things, uh, but just some of the ones we mentioned. So we, we had a universe, our universe start or you know, restart. Um I, I, and I'm not even going to go in go into how improbable that is, but you know, yeah, there it is. And then it has this exact you know parameters of inflation and, and speed and change and and then over billions of years you have this you know, materia uh, forming and exploding and reforming in terms of stars and get, becoming gas and then back and then, and then we have a third or fourth um, star with with you know, humps of you know metal and, and and rock and stuff flying around called planets yeah that just happens to be in some kind of stable, uh, you know, stable orbits uh, at exactly the right uh, um, um, distance from from the sun, and and then um, you know it's not perfect, and then, then we have this huge Mars-like uh, thingy just smashing into the this piece of rock, creating a moon, and now we have okay, we have a we have a start, right? We have a we have a we have a platform, right? We have a platform. To we, have work good, from. we have good starting <laughs> conditions, yes. Yes. It took a while. Uh, there was there was a, a there was a bit of trial and error going on for for some time. <laughs> I actually read I actually read about this sort of intelligent life on on other planets and so forth. That apparently there is a window. Of opportunity for like a, I can't, I, I'm not sure if I remember correctly, but it's like five to seven hundred million years in the lifespan of a star, where it could be um, the right um, environment, or it could create the right environment to allow um, uh, life to um, start in its uh, kind of solar system. Huh, that's so, so, yeah, don't. Don't uh, as anything we talk about here. It's probably you know, slightly incorrect. We're not responsible but, for anything we say. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but still, that you know, maybe this Mars-sized um, thing would have just hit our rock eight hundred million years too late. Yeah, because eight hundred million years. Yes, it's a lot of time, but it's, it's, you know, it's been. 13.8 billion years so it's 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 not all the time so so maybe you know it, it, that's also improbable it did it at the right time it did it at the right time yes but you said something else that, that i've also thought about which is <clears throat> it's not just the sort of earth and sun and moon situation which is stable enough but the entire solar system all the planets are Pulling on each other gravitationally, yeah. so 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 that this thing is in balance, is I I guess that's also very improbable that this whole thing stays stable for so long. But I guess I, I've been thinking a little bit on that, and I think it 
that sort of given gravitational pull, I mean, in the end, it's some kind of stability. Well, maybe you could have a completely unstable thing, but I mean, yes, that some kind of stability materializes is probably quite probable. But if but it's that it's this stability with On these it, yeah. dimensions, with with these kind of seasons and and, and you know, the length of the year, because I mean, even if a little tiny parameter was changed in all of this. I'm came over. pretty certain we would not have this pod. I am very, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I mean, and there are, we'll get into more of this, I guess, also in other, in other episodes. But think about something like the, the freezing point of water. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a important, that's kind, of, that's kind of important where the freezing point, the boiling point of water is. <laughs> and, and it's weird, um, you know, water having you know lower density when it's in its solid state it's just weird right yeah and and but without that no podcast you know it's, <laughs> how do you mean <laughs> um well it's it seems like the the characteristics or the features of water have been First of all, water is, you know, we'll get there soon in, in our little list here, right? But water is a, uh, at least as far as we're concerned, for our type of life, absolutely crucial, right? It is just absolutely yeah. crucial. Um, and, but, but the fact that water has its maximum density at four degrees, i.e. it's still, it's not solid yet, right? Uh, yeah. Has also been very important, I suspect, for the, the way ecology works. Um, and, and it's just one of these, it's just such a small, it's just one of those small parameters that have been absolutely fundamental. But do you think that's an improbable sort of a freak accident or is it that by, by the laws of nature that it would always be like that or is This one is probably more a function of some of those very, very early parameters from the beginning of the universe, I, I suspect. Yeah. Um, but, but speaking of water, though, um, we, we need water, right? Yes. So, so pretty lucky we actually have had and had gotten water onto this planet. Yeah, and and kind of a lot of it. Um, <laughs> some of some of it apparently came from wet, sort of wet dust from the early explosion of these of, of our <laughs> of our star's mother. Um, mm -hmm. and again, that, that is, that, that is apparently also why we have sort of, if you, the further out you go into our planetary system, the more you have gassy, gassy type planets, because the heavier elements don't move out that far before they start clumping together again after the explosion. Um, mm, so, so, okay. we had, so we had wet gas or wet dust, but then you know, meteor. wet gas. That sounds like something you have the day after a serious, you know, party. Right? Sounds, like, sounds like my morning. Um, <laughs> but uh, but there was um, also uh, meteors and comets carrying water that uh, was bombarding us in these sort of early stages of our, our solar system's life. 
So we get all this water from from space, and well, it's all from space, but from the from the dust from which we're built, and but also from from sort of ex, sort of other objects that are hitting us, and that's lucky. That's 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 we're, it's, it will, I guess, the amount that has to be chance, right? That 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 amount of water is carried to us, and that we have that amount of water, which happens to be a good a good a good chunk. For, for putting the conditions for life in place. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and again, I mean, just thinking what you just said, uh, and I don't know how many, a gazillion um, small sort of water delivery uh, rocks uh, have, have hit hit us over, over the eons. Uh, imagine if it was half a gazillion. Yeah. Or 1.5, exactly. or, or one really big one, um, like a Mars size that just hit us. Lit them more straight, straight on. But we've been through that one already. So we, <laughs> so, so okay. And I, again, I don't know, but probably quite improbable that we have the right amount of water on the planet. I think so. Uh, and and then and then the combination is right. We have moon stabilizing us so that the water doesn't just burn off, <clears throat> um, but rather becomes part of some sort of a, you know, because I guess. Uh, climate is its own episode, at least. But we are in a situation. There is this, um, you know, cyclical pattern we're in, right? Where water plays a crucial role for absorbing heat and absorbing carbon. And 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 if the temperatures had been different, I mean, the fundamental seasons have been different. If our and I guess even our rotational speed had been different. you know, water wouldn't have played the same role for us, would it? I guess, I guess it would have been very different. Um, yeah, I mean, we come soon to life and evolution, right? But every, I would assume that you know, in in the survival of the fittest kind of logic, so the most fit to survive in in that environment, if the environment would have been different, the genes that survived would probably have been slightly different and mm. uh, no podcast no podcast <laughs> no podcast ah oh, it's like every alternative movie that we play based on these different parameters uh, leads us to no podcast you know it's very no improbable. this is an improbable which which is the point right it's it's just so freaking improbable that there's an earth stable with water and then you know you have this primordial soup that is called. I, I, I get this, you know. I, I get this when someone said the primordial soup. I, I start thinking about a soup and wonder what what kind of soup. And in my in my view, it's some kind of vegetable soup. That's that's <laughs> yes. that's, that's the view. I have vegetable soup with just a hint of lava, right? Just a hint of lava to spice it up. <laughs> <laughs> But it's probably it's it's like a vegetable soup that has been um, mixed thoroughly, so it's like a, this uh, kind of even uh, even um, mush uh, with a little lava in it. So, so, so. But, the, but the lava just just to, just to build build on that because I think it it is absolutely from what I have understood it was absolutely crucial that you had rock and minerals and water. The combination of minerals and water is key for this. So yeah, and, and I guess rock come from lava, right? So yeah, you do need that that hint of lava <laughs> in order for the soup to carry life. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's actually a 
something I, I, I will dig into more uh, is theories and what we know and what we theorize around how, how did sort of the first life come to happen. It, it's uh, uh, by every standard, I know nothing about this, but it's it's something that is quite interesting. So I, we should probably have an episode at some point on this. But so, so it's yeah, biogenesis. Go, there's, there's, a, there's a point in time, probably, but I, I don't know, where, where there's no life. And there's a point in time when the first instance of life has started up. And what is then life? Well, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> well, let's assume there's a definition of that. But so the replication then. So, so something has started forming um, organic thing that is a carrier for replicators. So DNA or uh, uh, it happens. It happens. And I'm very vague and, and slightly strange in what I'm saying here, but but because I the one thing I I read about this start of life is that DNA is actually not the first replicator. It's sort of the it's sort of the building that remains after the scaffolding, which was probably some kind of crystals uh, replicating, sort of disappeared. So so, but we, let's not go ah, into that. But that's that interesting. Yeah. So what? But that was one theory, right? So, yeah. but still, something happens, and yeah, this this must be among all these improbable things, or maybe it was not at all improbable. Maybe it was a given. But it, to me, it feels like you know what we call the first instance of life happens. It happens, <laughs> it happens. Uh, and, and, and it is. And I, I actually, I, from what I have gathered, there is some. There's actually some debate as to the definition of life. Still, yeah. I think I think NASA has one. Um, I can't remember it now, so I'm not gonna. But but I, but I, I I've heard that there's some there's some debate as to how it should be defined because we we uh, and of course it, it's it, the 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 people who are creating the debate as I have understood it anyway are the astrobiologists who would prefer to have a slightly more generous definition so that they are more likely to find life somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but it, but it consumes it, it's it's able to harvest energy right and then to make a copy of itself i guess those are yeah, just two features exactly. right exactly uh, and there's there's more features but you you need so you have the first instance of a of a replicator that says hang on this thing i am is worth producing more of and you know uh, I'm gonna start doing more of me's. And yeah. it, like why? Why? <laughs> but why? Yeah, that's yeah. Because I can. Uh, because and, of thermodynamics. <laughs> and then it's this this replicating thingy. Um, you know, it's probably a lot of trial and errors of if it's if it's crystals, right? This is this stupid started with crystals building the scaffolding for DNA. Uh, it's probably a lot of trial and errors before something that is what we call uh, DNA appears. Uh, and there's probably more iterations, in one le you know, less probable than the next one. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think we have a unfathomable, I'm not sure if that's a word, an unimaginable um, series of improbable events leading up to you know, how we 
see life, which is some kind of, you know, um, coal and DNA based you know, organism. I suspect this is a is one of the main differences between what actually happened and led to life versus what guys in labs are trying to do. One billion years. I, I think that's the main difference. <laughs> the guys in the lab don't have that. No, it's uh, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time to do experiments. <laughs> let's 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 take the R and D process cycle and cut it with a billion. <laughs> you know, I, I I get nervous when my you know when when, when we're asked to you know accelerate the product by you know two months. Is it like yeah. <laughs> how about a how about how about a billion years faster than what you thought? <laughs> Good luck, lab technicians. Good luck. So, so there's a lot of trial and errors, and then, and then, you know, you can imagine. I mean, I've always imagined, uh, probably right, that you, know, you have this primordial soup, and you have this you know, flash just hitting, and voila, Frankenstein is born, right? But that's mm -hmm. probably not what happened. But something happened. Yes. I bet it's pretty improbable that it happened, but, but it the, did. But, but, but it cannot have been. It cannot have been a a smooth linear thing either, right? There's like the, the first thing copied itself. That was a that was a discretionary event, wasn't it? It's not like it kind of did it, or it was kind of alive and then it was, or you know what I mean? It ha it has to be some yeah. sort of great thing. Yeah, I, I know. It, it, it's uh, I think you know you know I I like Dawkins a lot, and I, I'm I'm. Um, listening to is the blind watch maker at the moment. And he talks a lot about this, this sort of incremental change, which is basically a mutation at a time, actually all, all the time leading, leading forward. And yes, uh, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it probably didn't just happen. Well, I, what's in, I don't know. We don't know why we started, right? So, so I don't know what incremental would be, but probably some somewhere, yes. the very first DNA sequence, or well, instance need to have been born. By the way, I I uh, I heard that there's a DNA sequence which is what was it three hundred something? I can't remember how many, but three hundred or let's say three hundred and eight or fourteen. I can't remember, but something like that long and it's the same in a in like a rat and and a cucumber <laughs> except for one because each dna slot then had you know four options and then i think it was one or two of those 300 odd that were different so basically every living thing every organism has more or less this exact d you know string of dna which is you know 300 something slots long uh, and i can't remember the name of it now either but that's apparently the instruction for replication ah okay so that that is that has to be evidence that it's very very old it's like very old. It, it's it must have been like not the first but out of every piece of dna in all the bodies or you know materia that all the living things are done of something very very similar to this one maybe one or two or three you know off in this long string but this is it so that that's sort of that's the that's the 
the mothership in terms of uh, replication, replication and DNA as we think of it, right? And this thing, and of course, that needs to have been created. And you know, I can't even imagine the number of mutations and trial and errors leading up to this you know, three hundred odd uh, linkage of uh, exactly. Of, uh, so this this thing is is the result. I mean, as far as I am concerned, anyway, this is a result of just accidental trial and error, right? Just yeah. absolute random events, and yeah. And but this this thing, this replicator instruction set, apparently is is stable enough so it becomes a part of the dominant form of what's going to be life. Yeah, and and it's in us now, right? You and I we're having a podcast, and it, we have those three hundred odd things in us, right? It's yeah, and imagine maybe there's another um, you know instruction that had two hundred ninety four, and uh, and some of them quite different, but it still worked. Yeah. No, no podcast. No podcast. No, no podcast. <laughs> we would have been two large worms just squiggling around somewhere <laughs> with the, with those green testicles. Actually, I don't think worms have testicles. Maybe they do. If they those ones, had, those one, those ones would. Those ones had two green testicles. <laughs> so, so then we have the, the sort of the mothership of replication of well, the DNA version of replication, right? And and I think we're down to very improbable situation but does it stop there no it doesn't no. because no, no. then then of course you have a string of you know mistakes yes in replication so oh shit i, I didn't write an a i, I wrote a t instead yeah. damn which happens like, and again, I, I don't even remember, but it's 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 not a lot of replications that do mistakes. They're very good at doing what they do, so replicate themselves exactly. So and this, and, it, and, and and even if they fail, um, at least uh, at some point in this evolution, they start repairing themselves. Yes, or die, or die, <laughs> which is another so, way of repairing if you think about it from a from a species point of view. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. So that, and I mean, if you think about you know, whatever the first one cell organism and from that to this sort of bearded, uh, you know, lump of meat uh, sitting around here doing a podcast, there's quite a few mutations happening. At least 10. <laughs> there's quite a few. All of them very probable, but of course, Mutations are all, all of them. I mean, it was a given once replication was sort of started that the mutations would happen because there would be some kind of error in, in replicating. So that mutations happened are not improbable, but exactly, exactly. And I assume one string in this chain would have been enough, no podcast, but maybe not. But I would, I assume so. So this. Maybe podcast, maybe maybe a podcast, but wearing restraints, surrounded by people in white coats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so all these then mutations happen, exact the right ones, exact at the right time, and not forget, we'll come back to some few instances of that, with the exact, you know, right environmental factors. And replication mistakes in other strings of of organisms, 
so that it was the right kind of uh, hunter prey or whatever right so it's just it's just a I, I my head pops when i start to think about the number of you know incrementally highly improbable exact replications mistakes happening at the exact right time in the right environmental impact like let's take the the moon right maybe we yeah. could have a second moon another uh, hit right so th that all happening without any flaw flaw in the sense of flaw not leading up to me so everything back in time and, and i mean let's just say okay we have homo sapiens okay so the the amount of from a small one cell thing with you know, green testicles to homo sapiens just imagine the amount of replication errors right mistakes leading up to that exactly and not homo carapiens and the other thing is you have errors right so so, so you have errors um but then so and, and that can lead to typically something which is poorly uh, adapted for its current environment that would be the most likely thing right that mm -hmm. an error actually is not helping you um but sometimes it helped right uh, but the other thing is that uh, evolution is is kind of blind in the sense that it doesn't know what what holds what what what, what is in the future at all it only you know the, the the genetics that you carry today is the stuff that worked yesterday do you know what I mean? So evolution has, yes. has has perfect hindsight, but it's absolutely blind. So any small change, and I think that's what you were saying, any small change in the environment yeah. means that it's absolute chance whether or not the stuff you are built of is going to be helpful to you or not, right? Exactly. That's what I mean. So it's not only that the all the mutations or the very improbable impl uh, you know, replication errors happen when they happen, and they all all lead up to you know, us, but let's say homo sapiens in the end, or, or, or mammals. Let's just take mammals, we start yes. there. Yeah. They all lead there. And it's just a system of replication errors in the direct sort of line from, from the green bald, um, green testicle cell to, to, to the mammals, but everything around it as well. How, how the non-mammals evolved mm -hmm. to be creating the right kind of pressure or non-pressure on, on survival and, and the environment. So it's, it's, just, it's just madness, impossible. It, it is. Uh, and I, I also heard on this, uh, on this particular part of the process, I, I heard a theory that viruses might have played a crucial role in, in sort of uh, in moving genetic material between animals. Mm. So, so in addition to the replication error, you also had a way that DNA could travel horizontally through this process was by viruses. Um, and there was this one theory, and I can't remember the number now, but there was this one theory that they thought that, you know, horizontal carriage, you know, carryover of genetic information by viruses had been absolutely crucial to lead us to where we are today. That's, that, I find it fascinating mm -hmm. as well. Okay, so we have mammals, right? And we're not the only do we have mammals. Mammals is an obscure little thing. I imagine it as like kind of a small rat badger crossover lurking in 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 um, foxhole kind of things underground and coming up and eating dinosaur eggs for you know when they're asleep. Right? So we have these small mammals. It was a good time. We have, 
it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. And we have dinosaurs, and they are the masters, the masters of the earth in the in the sky and the and the land and and the water. Right? They're pretty big. They're pretty big. Well, some of them are smaller, but most of them are bigger than than the mammals. And and you know, I think if things happen differently, actually, it, it would have been enough that this one. You know, Allosaurus did not eat that little small badger thingy, uh, which happened to be my predecessor, and we would not have had a podcast, or you would have had a podcast with someone else, right? So, so it's a, it's a long. We're not even going into that sort of micro part of of it because all the all the predecessors survived to rep- reproduce. Yeah, and maybe my you know badger rat um, prehistoric um, uh, mammal kind of uh, uh, daddy. Uh, or mummy uh, would have been eaten by a T-Rex, and and I wouldn't have been here. So, so, but still, the mammals are. Uh, you know, it's the. Um, it's not really the dominant uh, string of life. That, uh, but then, and something happens. Cer- and, just... and certainly not. Certainly not anywhere near the food. The food. The top of the food chain. Right. Not even close. No, exactly. And and you know. The dinosaurs had been there for a few million years. They were not going away. And they, but the, here's I the mean, other funny thing: they were not doing any podcasts either. And they they had no. More, they had more time to evolve intelligence than we've had. Why is that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, probably. They had uh, millions yeah. of years to figure out how to make a microphone sound good over the internet, and nothing. <laughs> True, right? So. So and that's probably a lot of improbabilities uh, that that we managed in in sh- you know, short time frame to, to do the same, right? Because if you think of it, I mean, we and when I say we, uh, but let's let's talk about uh, you know mammals. Uh, no, let's say Homo sapiens. We've been here for what? Two hundred thousand years. Uh, the Homo sapiens, Homo uh, Homo erectus, and all of them. I think they were they were more earlier about Homo sapiens. But let's say Homo, right? Been been along for uh, for uh, you know. We can we can talk about it in the tens or hundreds thousands of years, but dinosaurs were there for uh, many 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 million years, yes. and they and they are not anymore, and they are not anymore is probably a prerequisite that we are having this podcast. I I, I sort of I doubt the uh, evolution uh, would have been remotely similar. If they wouldn't have died out, right? And and they died out uh, again. There's many theories around that, but I think the dominant one is still the the not really Mars-sized uh, thing hitting luckily, Earth, but it's a bit smaller. Luckily, <laughs> but at least something big enough. Yes. Uh, hit straight on, maybe I'm making it up, but hitting you know, at the right angle to create an environment where where the dinosaurs die out pretty rapidly. Yes, but not only that; it did not kill the mammals. So, uh, and I, I read—I'm trying to remember—but I read something around. There was a theory that the combination of this thing hitting Earth at the same time as it was a massive volcanic, volcano, volcanic kind of eruption somewhere—I uh-huh. I mean, a g- giant one—that's two together. Again, I'm I'm not certain about this, and you know, it was probably something completely different. But let's let's just 
go long, yes, it's true. Right? Anyhow, the environment, a hit of an asteroid killing out all the dinosaurs, and in combination with all the other existing um, uh, environmental factors on Earth at that point in time, and maybe a big volcanic explosion covering the whole Earth in, in, in sort of a one of those Icelandic lava clouds, right? Yes. Uh, opened up spaces for the mammals. Exactly. So suddenly, it, it, it was it was almost like a a massive wildfire event, right? Where you know the forests are pretty much being prepared yeah. for new life. This this asteroid, maybe then in combination with this huge volcanic thing, paved way for mammals to become masters of the of the earth. Yeah, and what's the odds that? And I would assume. I, I think I think they're I think they're less than ten percent. <laughs> <laughs> Less than ten percent, but it's actually. I think we can put all the you know improbabilities in a row and say let's assume all of them had a ten percent chance of happening, and it would still be very improbable that we would have a podcast. Yeah, maybe. And, 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 and I think I think that's that's why we're going to have an episode about uh, simulation because we're actually not having a podcast. It's so improbable. It's not. <laughs> it's not even happening. No, we're not. <laughs> and, and but still, I mean, I think that's also. Just imagine if that one would have hit differently. Uh, it wouldn't have killed the dinosaurs. It would just, you know, made them had a hard couple of million years, but they didn't die. Uh, and I mean, they were they were the masters of Earth, so so the mammals wouldn't have developed it as they did. And and, 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 they and, did. If, you, and if you think about that, so uh, I did some googling here, um, and yeah. you never know if the first result is the right one on this thing, right? But let's pretend that the internet is right. So if the yes. dinosaurs, if they went extinct about sixty-five million years ago. And if mm -hmm. at that point they had actually been around for 165 million years, if you yes. if you just if you if you're a good Bayesian, just believing the, you know statistics by prior distribution, then mm -hmm. it's it, it's actually more likely that they would just carry it on for another 65 million years and they would still be around, right? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that the but, more? But now, uh, but now, highly intelligent dinosaurs doing podcasts. Actually, I doubt that because, <laughs> because the other one is so. If if it, I, I doubt that these guys these guys were not very smart. Okay, so Homo erectus turned up. Let's 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 assume that this this site here uh, is correct. Right? So they turned up mm -hmm. two million years ago, right? So we've mm -hmm. had two million years to figure shit out. They had one hundred and sixty-five million years. They didn't figure yeah. out anything other than just to become bigger and eat more. Yes. Which is kind of where a large part of the world is at the moment as well. Actually, we're back. You're right. We're just being a bit more, <laughs> being a bit more subtle about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that happens, and and you have this, you have this, op, you know, opportunistic mammal um, set of animals, mm -hmm. and they start to take these. Um, um, trades or you know slots or um spheres of survival that opens up so you have the grass eaters the herders and you have the you know the things that pounce on the on the grass eaters and you have you know, all these slots and then and it works right and but then you have from that to homo 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 sapiens so let's say homo erectus right yeah. that I mean, it's not a given. I, I, I again, a recent 
um, uh, interest of mine is to look at uh, extinct animals. And we talked about that the other day. There's so many, <laughs> yes. so many weird ones, right? Just, um, you know, the, the marsupials of South America, they are weird. You have, you have a, a saber-toothed, uh, you know, koala. Well, not really, but a marsupial, saber-toothed marsupial. You have, just, you have a, a horse, which is, which is not a horse, it's a marsupial, but it's apparently developed legs. This is pretty cool, by the way which is speaking against the improbabilities. So apparently it was a, in South America, it was a marsupial species who took over the, you know, the horse trade. So uh, the zebra in, in, in Africa or the, you know, the, uh -huh. so, so it, was a, it was a marsupial, which was not very similar to a horse in anything that the legs are almost identical. So, so they had developed legs, almost indistinguishable from from a horse because for that trade meaning eating grass from a from a step it's good to have legs like that so mm -hmm. they had the same it was a it was a third toe out of five that developed into the hoof and well that's pretty amazing so so there's a bit of even if everything is very improbable it still seems like there's some things that are almost but is it um... almost is it then? I mean, for what you're saying, it's it's almost like if you give if if you say that we have we have evolution, right? So that's there, right? That process yes. is there, right? For, now, for, for us in this conversation, I think we can we can say we believe in evolution, right? We we think it's we think it's a thing. Um, it's yes. a thing. Uh, so it's there now. So we have evolution. That's number one. Number two is you then have an external environment. So let's say grass and steps with yeah. grass. Maybe yeah. it is the case that it is inevitable that whatever is going to thrive on that in that environment will have horses' legs. You know what I mean? So it's like it's yeah. in, maybe it's, so it's inevitable. Maybe it's maybe it's inevitable that if you have evolution, you have a certain stable external environment, and you give the thing time, it's going to grow horses' legs. Yes. So then, then except, it's actually then it's, then, it's like, then, it's, then it's actually then you could say that it becomes probable, but only if you have stability and time. Except for in Australia, where you have kangaroos instead, and they don't have horses' legs. So I have to adjust. You have horses' legs or kangaroo. <laughs> or, 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 or giant springs, right? <laughs> so that was a bit of a deviation from topic. But, but, yeah. but still, there's so many, there's so many, there's still this replication uh, um, errors going on, leading up to, to new versions. So, ah, I'm going to try this iodide. And ah, I'm going to try this iodide. And then, and then, I'm gonna try this. Ooh, this works. And then, then somewhere in the in the cradle of life on the African continent, um, yeah. climate starts changing, right? And, we, and I guess now we're sort of a two. I don't know, three million years ago, maybe. I don't know. I'm making yeah. some of. The, I'm not making it up, but I don't know exactly, right? So yeah. then the environment changes, and you start getting uh, dry spells. The forest. Um, where you know a certain type of ape has been hiding in the trees uh, starts sort of uh, withering and, and, and disappearing so they have to climb down from these trees and they need to start surviving in the open and 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 all of a sudden they start you know again this is an, an insane trial and error i'm sure but they start collaborating they start collaborating because it's only when they work together that they can stay alive in the open because they are 
exposed to all these predators, right? And, and as you said, if we're, if we're sort of two, three, four million years back, these predators were not to be played with, right? You had saber-toothed koalas roaming the labs. <laughs> that was actually South America. But, but you know, you, you had to be careful out there. So, 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 yeah. so we start collaborating. And, and this is a, in, that is an, I don't know whether we call it improbable, but something in, insane happens, right? Because as, we, as, as collaboration becomes a, a super successful strategy for being adapting or, or being adaptable to the environment, people start getting smart, you know? Um, and they start co to communicate. Simple things like, for example, do you know why, a theory for why our human eyes, we have the eye, the white of the eye, Whereas if you look at monkeys, for example, they rarely have that. Their eyes are completely dark. Um, and it's because, I found this very fascinating, because when, whenever you look at the human face, you know where their gaze is pointing towards. You know what they're looking at. And that is a way of collaborate, collaboration, right? You can, you can see where the tension is of, the crew, of, of, of your sort of tribe or of the, of the flock that you're amongst. Mm -hmm. whereas, whereas, you know, um, and I'm generalizing horribly now, right? But monkeys they, they will sort of um, the opposite sort of happen right so it became a an advantage that your your fellows could not see what you were looking because you could get to the food faster than they could so you're not collaborating ah, okay right? um, and i found it absolutely you know fascinating so kind of all these small things that all these small features that we have as as homo sapiens are the result, to a large extent, at least as far as I'm concerned, of, of different ways of collaborating and surviving in the open since we had to climb down from the trees. So, so again, so uh, assuming this you know, climate crisis for, 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 the, for the early apes didn't happen, or it happened just slightly later or slightly earlier. Yeah. Maybe something very, 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 very similar to Homo sapiens. Would have been here and said maybe something very similar to us but it wouldn't have been us not this podcast some, some, not this podcast is something would be different right so it's yeah it's uh, and then you know we have these you know, homo sapiens roaming the the steps and 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 you know cracking bones to to eat the marrow um which was one of the more interesting uh, parts of uh, of the sapiens book actually uh, Apparently, uh, Homo sapiens were at the bottom of the food chain. One theory, at least, at the bottom of the food sh food chain, and uh, uh, you know, we we had our, had our fills after the hyenas and vultures. And what we did and developed tools for was to crack open bones to get to the marrow. Ah, that's, that's interesting. That was kind of interesting. And then and then suddenly, by the you know force of these um, collaborative and and intellectual abilities we we you know yeah we're the dominant you know killing off basically everything that is not us and sometimes ourselves as well that's another yeah. episode yeah. can't do much but, about but still. that can't do much about that you do have that sometimes um and and, 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 but and, and, and in the middle of this in the middle of this we 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 come up with the idea not only um that you know maybe if we have this type of stone and hit it against this other type of stone or if you take these two branches and we start you know create friction we, we figure out how to make fire 
And not only do we do that, we figure out that we can cook food. I don't know why somebody came out. Somebody must have left something on the fire accidentally at some point. If that was tasty. But it's um, like pancakes. Who came up with pancakes? Someone just mixed stuff in it and, and yeah, there's a pancake. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it, it must have been a it must have been something a leftover from the brats who were eating dinosaur eggs. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's do that, but let's put it on the fire first. But the yeah. thing is that since we since we then cooked uh, meat, we were able to get much more proteins. We could digest much more proteins, which was an absolute crucial step, I've understood, for our brains to start growing as they did over time. Um, because the brains consume, I think it's 20 or 25% of the energy that we, that we uh, waste. I think 20, 20 or 25% goes to our brains. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, have the, 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 the evolution of our ability to collaborate um, and, and to collaborate even more and more effectively grew with our capacity to think. Uh, and, and, and a crucial part of that was cooking meat. Um, that's mm-hmm. one theory anyway. That's something it's, cool. Yeah. So, so, the, so, so the brain size increase that's not a genetic mutation. It's just that it grew larger because it had more... Uh, well, I guess one leads to the other because the people who, yeah. who accidentally, again, accidentally <laughs> had large, had slightly larger capacity to think became, you know, they just got to to have more sex. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which which that you know, so so it because it it just became an advantage to be able to plan ahead and think and collaborate. So, so, yeah. so of, speaking of sex, I mean, so we had this, you know, genetical development of from well, all these improbable things, but from the first instance of life to Homo sapiens. So, and then let's assume it's probably not true, but let's assume Homo sapiens genetical code is more or less what we sit on today. Right? So we probably, it's not that much of a difference. I'm not sure, but I would assume it's not. Um, and, and all the mutations that happened along those, that space led exactly to Homo sapiens, but not only that, it also led to the forefathers and foremothers of us. Yeah. Because somewhere it was those direct line back all the way to the first cell, right? All the way there. And it was just, it's, it's that for that to happen, because not only we're we talking about in this sort of episode that it's, it's improbable that humans exist and, and all of this happened, but we, that, that's a layer of improbability that's just even larger, right? Because then all and these I, and, replications. And I, and I can see, I can, I can see in front of me this, um, this badger rat. Millions and millions of years ago, um, getting all cozy, Taco Friday, right? Uh, or it's Dinosaur Egg Friday. Getting all cozy up with, with, with his mate. And they produce a number of kits, like small badger rats. One of those is my great, 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 great. And so forth. And I can see in front of me this sort of dirty place where they just feasted on this dinosaur egg, right? And they have, they have not a baby, but they have, I don't know, 50 
maybe 150 babies. One of them is my relative. Yes. Because <laughs> that thing survived. <laughs> and it that, survived. And it found someone else to do the same thing with. And yeah, it's, it, 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 the, whole, the whole thing is, is disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, so that but that's the thing, right? So all these improbabilities, from you know the first instance of the improbability to to to, to the stars, you know, materializing and exploding and materializing again, and then you have the the, the stable system around our fourth, third, or fourth generation star, and then you have the collapse of uh, or, or the, the the collision creating the moon, and then you have um um life materializing and then all the replication errors from that leading up to homo sapiens but not only that leading up to our predecessors yeah exactly our predecessors it's yes. just stupid right that it, it didn't happen it did not happen it, but it did it's, it's very unlikely that we're having this podcast it's just yeah it's insanely uh, improbable and now we're coming to something that is probably you know it's it's less. It, it, it's very improbable, but in, in the in sort of the looking at the degrees of improbability is probably very probable compared to the the previous ones. But then we have Homo sapiens, and we have the prehistoric Martin and Martina, and the prehistoric Joachim and Joachima, right? and they mate. Well, Joachim. Yeah, those <laughs> now, some long time ago, so two hundred thousand years ago, out of the out of the is, um, that, is, is that the female version of Joachim? Joachima? No, I just made it up. I never heard it. That's very funny. Uh, I like it. Yacinda, maybe. Yacinda, yes. <laughs> uh, and our sort of forefathers and foremothers um, you know, make their way out into the world and in a large series of, of, of mating and producing offspring, we are here. And, you know, every piece in that so, so what would happen if that rat badger in that den with that dinosaur egg one of the two parties of of that sort of uh, taco friday said ah not not tonight honey i I'm, i have a headache right. <laughs> or a green and, testicle <laughs> and, and then next day the headache is gone and say, oh, let's go for it and they mate an offspring if yeah. that would have been the only chain of difference well, the only difference in the chain we talked about, it wouldn't have been me. I wouldn't sit here. Probably some, probably someone else, right? <laughs> probably someone would have been here, but it wouldn't have been me. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. So, so not, not only all the reproductions happened, but heck, happened exactly the right time spot for that sperm to meet exactly that egg. And by the way, how the hell, how, uh, this is not improbable because it's how we're built, right? But how can that lead up to a body with all these gazillions of cells working together to be me? That's, that's mind-blowing. Probably another podcast, but anyhow, the chain of events, not only that they happened, uh, but they happened exactly at the time it happened. And, and here we are. Again, here we are, right? Um, the early um, first instances of, of sort of collaboration between two single cell organisms, that collaboration has now led to a place where different parts of my brain are conspiring 
to make me feel nervous about whether or not I should have that that third beer. <laughs> yeah, <It's, it's... laughs> so multiple personalities. That's also something to go through. <laughs> but it is it is just the whole thing is just incredibly improbable. Um, but but then yeah. then I have to, then I have to say um, because there's and I guess we're kind of moving towards a little bit. What does this all mean, right? So what does it do to you when you think about that scale of things? I mean, all these oh, the the scale of the universe and the and we we just scratched the surface of improbabilities, but it's enough if you put them together to just be as awe-inspiring as the scale of the universe is the sheer improbability numbers we you know if you mathematically would put them together i mean it's it's awe-inspiring and, and to me it gives me two very conflicting things honestly one is the and here is almost spiritual right or almost religious it's like the gift of every bloody second with a um i'm alive or i'm i'm conscious right every bloody second of that is so precious because it's so improbable it shouldn't have happened but i'm here and it is hopefully <laughs> at least i believe i'm here uh, it exists so it's like you should just go around smiling feeling the most lucky person well everyone here is as lucky right but you should just be happy that it I, every, I, every minute or second is a gift secondly i'm so insignificant i mean absolutely nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> and and i i agree i'm left with exactly the same feeling um being um uh I'm looking out the window here, like, and, and there is a building on the other side, and I think that building is pretty big. It's a pretty big mm -hmm. building, right? There are several families living in it, um, and then you can zoom out, and all of a sudden you have uh, galaxies and clusters of galaxies, and, and then you have two thousand billion galaxies, and <laughs> and it's it. There is. I'm not even. I'm not even a pixel. I'm I'm so far from a pixel in this 8K picture that yeah. that it I'm absolutely insignificant. No, but nothing in the universe cares at all. But at the same time, the probability that I can sit here and have that thought is is so insanely small that it is, as you said, it is, it is a gift. It is an absolute gift, and maybe that is more than you know, that's more than more than outweighs so that the significance of being more than outweighs the insignificance of our place in, in, in the observable universe um because yeah because because it, it is a it, it it is a privilege beyond <laughs> beyond mathematics to be able to sit here and feel insignificant <laughs> exactly right so so but that that then leads to sort of the next level of now what does this mean and, and i guess one of the reasons we're 
even doing this podcast is because we're both kind of in a, a way too long and dragged out existential kind of not crisis <laughs> but at least pondering i would i would say <laughs> so yeah so, so so then what do you do you're you're you have you have a privilege of being here what every second you know is, is, is a gift beyond imagination and <laughs> and at the same time you're completely insignificant your actions in the in the big scheme of things doesn't matter at all right of course in in the in the smaller scheme of things it matters a lot right but just that sort of insignificance and i guess i'm i'm torn between two ways of approaching that one is to just say, well, I'm just going to maximize the enjoyment every minute I live. Mm. Not, not planning how to enjoy it in 10 years, but actually enjoy it now. But then, of course, that's, that leads you down a pretty destructive road as well, because you can, you know, you, you make poor decisions when you go for immediate, immediate enjoyment. But, uh, but that's one thing. And the other thing in me, which is this sort of, I need to do something that means something with it. Although I know that in the big scheme of things, it won't mean anything, but I, I, I need to achieve something. I, need, I must achieve something. And then that battles with this. It doesn't matter anyhow, right? I, I can just enjoy the time. But that, that, is, that is so, yeah, it, it can lead you down sort of a path of nihilism. And I think, you know, that's probably, uh, uh, but again, I think, I think there's probably a, a, an episode to be had on the the pleasure of chaos and the pleasure of order and, and traveling between those two. I can go very quickly in in a day or a, or a, or ten minutes. I can go between the feeling of oh shit, I'm here, I exist. What what are the odds? Yeah, and the and, and the odds are just I, I couldn't even start. You know, it would probably take my lifespan to just say the number of zeros in that in, in that sort of equation. Uh, and then the other one's like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> and what should I be doing with my life? I don't know. And it, and it, it, is, it is freeing, but also terrifying that it's up to you, right? Uh, yeah. to, fi to figure that out. Nobody else is going to tell you, uh, at least not from where, where you and I are from, right? It's going to tell us, this is what you're going to do now. And and you should achieve, you know, great great happiness and and have a meaningful life. You got to figure that out yourself. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. Was, uh... But then, but let's take now again, diverging into other episodes. But um, uh, you know, happiness. Okay, I should strive for happiness. So when when I'm happy, I don't know. I mean, can one strive for happiness? Is yeah, it clear I... what? You, you know my, yeah, you know my stance on that, right? I don't think that's a useful pursuit, but yeah, sure. I guess you could. <laughs> well, you can induce it. Just take drugs, right? And then you're happy until you're not happy anymore. Uh, but, you know, and pe and people do that. It's apparently a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but I think it's, it's, it's sort of the whole mind-boggling scope or, or scale of improbabilities. And you said it right. It's in combination with the sheer size of of our sort of environment in our existence. Those two are. I mean, it, 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 I, I I I get the vortex, right? I stare into an abyss sometimes, and I just I just yeah. go. I, I get the, um, 
tingling, like, like if I physically stare down a very high, sort of, you know, very very steep uh, mountain slope, or from a from a from a from big height, right? Uh, I, I can get that just by thinking of this. And then the next second is like, oh shit, I'm here. What a privilege. What should I do? Let's have a burger. And I, I, I have this, I have the same thing, um, and I, I often, uh, at least um, recently. So maybe often is a too strong a word, but recently, uh, if I wake up in the morning and I'm, I feel, you know, kind of crap. You're looking into the calendar. This is what I need to do today, and just taking a moment and realizing that. I am one of very few winners in the most unlikely lottery ever to take place. I'm here. Uh, and and that can actually also, yes, I agree. It, you, I, I do get the sense of staring into this abyss, but the same realization can also give me the sense of, Christ, I'm lucky. How can yeah. I get to worry about the meeting? You know, <laughs> it, it's how, how, how probable is that? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I'm 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 trying. So the more the more of these improbabilities I come across, um, and the more uh, the bigger the improbability abyss is, the more I try to think about that you know, gift or however we choose to call it. It almost sounds religious when I say gift, but yeah, uh, this gift of of existence that we have. It's um, it's not a given, I think, which was the point of, of this episode. It's not a given. It's not a given. We, it wasn't, it's not a given it, that it, we sit it, here. It's not given. So, I mean, th thank you. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Thank you. Thank Mr. you, Rat Badger. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> Mrs. Badgerat. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mars-sized thing, Thea, four and a half billion years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, I, thank you. Thank you, you know, you know, star 1.0 and 2.0 and maybe 3.0 or, well, absolutely 3.0 because it could be the current or, and, and potentially 4.0 as well. Thank you. Uh, we, we remember you with, with you know, great joy. Thank you. Great joy. And, and also thank you, you know, giant uh, gas cloud that you decided to reform approximately at the right time or exactly at the right time for some weird reason. Right? And Thank you. And thank you. <laughs> thank you, parameters of, of you know, um, Big Bang, that you were just right. Yes. Uh, I guess, thank you, Big Bang, but not sure what that is, or Big Bounce, or... Yes, so... we, don't, we don't know, but we, we thank you, all fields <laughs> of nature, electromagnetic <laughs> field and gravitational field, we thank you. Yes, and all the improbable... We thank you, you know, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex, that, you know, you, the specific individual that chased that you know, badger rat uh, mummy uh, uh, a few million years ago, let's say 70 million years ago. Right uh, into the arms of badger rat dad. Exactly. And you stumbled on a prehistoric oak and didn't catch. Right? <laughs> thank you. Thank you, prehistoric oak, that you were there, because otherwise I wouldn't have been. So I owe great homage to this prehistoric oak. Right? And, I, and I think may, maybe it's on that note that we round off this episode with a massive g 
galactic sized thank you to yes thank you to these different parameters and flukes of the universe for conspiring to if you know put us here into this podcast yeah and i imagine them sitting like almost like you know um the end of 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 um, uh, um Return of the Jedi, you know, when they come back, the ones that are dead, and they look at what they created, and they <laughs> sit there, this this rat badger and the and the oak and you know the the star two dot zero, and look at us and say, what the hell did we create? <laughs> this can hardly be the point. <laughs> but go on, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Do enjoy it while it lasts. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed this discussion. <laughs> I did too. Uh, so uh, I, I'll see you and all of our insignificant, <laughs> insignificant listeners. In this case, both principally and actually. Uh, <laughs> and I'll see, we'll see you all in the next episode. <laughs>